0: Welcome to ConExpo ConAg Radio, highlighting the latest construction technology and trends to drive your business forward. Coming up in March of 2020, ConExpo ConAg is North America's largest construction trade show. We bring you expert advice from your favorite brands, startups, and industry peers. And for even more news, sign up for our weekly 365 e-newsletter at conexpoconag.com slash subscribe. We've got another great guest on the show today, so let's dig in.
1: Hi, everyone. Welcome to ConExpo Radio. I'm your host, Missy Sherber, and I'm thrilled to introduce a new segment on the podcast called Contractor Conversations. Every month, I'll be talking to your favorite contractors around the country about their projects, workforce development, technology, and, of course, equipment. I hope these conversations give you the expertise and support that you need to thrive in the daily work that you do. For those of you that don't know me, I'm a contractor based in Minnesota, and I own a demolition and excavating company alongside my husband, Trevor. I'm passionate about our industry, and I want to recognize all the hard work that you do every day to build our world. I truly believe that ConExpo ConAg is the event where the construction community can come together and belong. And I sure hope you'll join me and my guests at the show in Las Vegas in March of 2020. Now, please stay connected with me on Instagram, where you can join the conversation and stay up to date on all the exciting things that are happening at the show that you won't want to miss. Now, let's get started with today's episode. He goes by Chief Dirt Nerd, and he's taking the construction world by storm with his unique ability to tell stories about the hardworking men and women mining for our materials and building our world. While Aaron Witt hasn't taken a traditional path into the industry, it's one he loves and one he thinks others should love too. His goal as president of Build Witt Media Group is to inspire others to think about construction and mining as a way of life through his photography, marketing, videos, and lighthearted approach. Aaron will be participating in an influencer panel discussion and meet and greet taking place on Wednesday, March 11th at ConExpo ConAg. Aaron, welcome to the show. We're so glad to have you here today.
2: Thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited about this.
1: Well, and I know you travel so much. So tell me where in the country or world you're calling us from.
2: You know, miraculously, I'm at home in uh, Phoenix, Arizona here. No way. (laughs) I I got back last night. Yeah, yeah, it's. I've probably done, I don't know, maybe 10 states in the past month, so oh, it's wow. so nice to be home.
1: Wow. Well, we're glad to speak with you from home, and we're excited for the show today. So for the listeners who don't know you, you took a very non traditional path into the construction and mining industry. Tell us about your background and how you got started.
2: Yeah, yeah. So I, I got started, I guess you have to go all the way back to when I was a little kid. I just loved heavy equipment, construction, anything dirt. But I had no family or friends in it, so I had no exposure to it when I was young. The only exposure I had to construction was driving by construction sites. And I remember I'd, I'd be upset because I couldn't quite see out of my dad's window <laughs> in, in the car and I couldn't see the construction as we were driving by it. Yeah. Um, and so that just kind of persisted all the way through <laughs> high school. But but once I got to high school, I figured, all right, you know, I really want to get into construction, but I need to be creative because I don't have any end in construction a lot of people have family members uh, or family businesses i didn't really have any of that so uh, there was a construction project in my neighborhood at the time i would go look at it every day after school in high school i was a senior and and every single truck that drove through had pearson construction corporation on the side and big black letters on the side of each box beautiful trucks <laughs> and and i just thought well you know what why don't i just call this, this company and see who owns it, and then ask to see if he wants to meet with me. So I did, and I met with Rich Pearson. He took me out to the job site. It was the first time I'd ever been on a construction site. I showed up in cargo shorts, wow. just looking like a complete um, <laughs> idiot. And, and uh, I, I begged him for a job, and, and he said, let me know when you're 18. I can't even legally hire you right now. You're 17. So a few months went by, and I kept hounding him, and, and he gave me a job as a laborer. So I started out as a laborer. Uh, week after high school graduation in the ditch with a shovel and just that was the start of all of it. No
1: way. So now talk about the transition from you were on the job site, which is so amazing to hear a story of someone who did not grow up around the industry, who didn't have a family member, and you really hustled into the exposure. So now tell me about the transition from you're on the job site. What happens next for you? Like, how does your career path start to form?
2: Well, my intention was always to start a construction company. So okay. I, and it was no, for nothing other than ego sake. I wanted my name on heavy equipment. So, <laughs> and, and I, and, you know, to get your name on heavy equipment, you need a construction company. I was like, all right, I'm going to get go get a construction company. So my master plan was to go work for as many construction companies as I possibly could while I was going to college for construction engineering as well. And so I worked for uh, five construction companies while I was in college. Wow. So from multi-billion dollar companies to smaller local companies in four different states. So I saw a lot in a very short amount of time while also getting an engineering degree. And and that was the path. So I graduated college. Um, I went off and, and became a project engineer on a road construction project in Texas. And I was going to do that for a few years, see where it got me. And then maybe, you know, around 30, start a construction company and see how hard that was. But uh, the social media thing took off and one two six here i am with the marketing marketing company instead
1: <laughs> now talk about that so you why did you start i mean you started instagram social media a presence on really all of the platforms what was the motivation there you're an engineer you're on the job site what's kind of going on that made that transition yeah. for
2: you well before before i graduated college i was looking at social media I wanted to use social media as a tool, right? I had used it up until then, like most everyone uses it as a, as a means to waste time. <laughs> but I was, I was starting to realize like, holy smokes, this is a really powerful tool if used right. And so how can I use it right? And what's my unique story that I can offer the world? And, and after thinking about this for a few weeks, it all just clicked one day. Holy smokes, I, I have this amazing story and from all my experiences in construction. I'm just 22, but I've already worked for five heavy construction companies. I've seen a lot. I have all these pictures sitting on my phone. Why don't I go share some of these and just share them from a 22-year-old perspective, not act like an expert, not act like I know anything. Just come out and say, I don't know anything, and here's what I'm learning. Wow. So I started doing that, just posting whatever I had on my phone to start, and I started running out of pictures. I was like, Oh man, I need to go take some pictures of construction sites. So I'd go drive around local construction sites and photograph them from outside, uh, outside the fence and post them on Instagram and wipe the company logos off. So I didn't get in trouble. (laughs) And, and, and then it, it just, it took, it took maybe a month to get any kind of traction, but, it took off, uh, and and now here we are, reaching a few million people every week.
1: Wow! So it really was just the motivation to tell the story. And did you notice out in the marketplace that there were not a lot of people telling the story of construction on social media platforms?
2: Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. When I when I first wanted to tell a story on on social media, I was doing a lot of hiking, so I was taking pictures again with my phone. I had no formal photography experience or anything, so I was just taking pictures with my phone. Of all my places, I'd go hiking. I was like, man, I, I love hiking and this and that. But then I looked on social media, and there's a million amazingly talented storytellers in the nature adventure space. Yep. yep. So I, I figured, you know, <laughs> maybe I could do that. But it would take me a long time to get anywhere. <laughs> but then I looked at construction. And I was like, you know, there, there were a few people posting on, on social media in and, and the construction space that had followed for a very long time. But there really weren't many dynamic stories. I had seen how dynamic the industry was and realized there wasn't there there was nothing out there that was that was filling that that need for telling dynamic stories so that's what I wanted to do. I wanted to tell these stories at a much higher level, try to you know go out and take the best photographs and create the best video and and capture the most exciting stories in the industry so that's how it that's how it began that's how I got to doing construction rather than. Taking pictures of my hiking. Adventures. Well, we're
1: well, we're so glad that you made that transition because you've truly made an impact in the visual visuals of our industry. So I noticed that as well. I mean, the landscape was so light of storytelling and construction. And, you know, I just started slowly sharing, but you really got aggressive with it. You were like, Hey, this story has to be told. Why? Why why were you so motivated to tell the story of construction? I like to hear about I want the audience to really hear about the passion that was growing in you and your motivation to do that.
2: Yeah, well, it's, it started out of just my genuine passion and interest for the industry, right? I, I had no
1: motives. There was no
2: business plan. When I quit my job to do BuildWit full-time, I wasn't making any money from BuildWit. Mm-hmm. I moved in with my dad, you know, so I didn't have to pay rent so I could just <laughs> travel around the country as cheap as possible, <laughs> and just I just had to worry about feeding myself. Um, so, but but as I've done this more and more, I've, I've understood the need to tell the story, and I've got more and more frustrated. Um, I'm a 24-year-old kid, so I'm young. I look at everything with a 40-year-plus time horizon.
1: Yeah.
2: And I, you see all these older folks in this industry who are very powerful, have very big companies, have been doing this for 30, 40 years, saying, oh, we can't find people anywhere. But then they're doing nothing about it. Yeah. And that's what's really starting. It, 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 it really started to frustrate me and it frustrates me even more to this day. They, they're just not putting their money where their mouth is. They're not actually doing anything. So they're not accepting responsibility for, hey, there's a problem here. Not, you know, we are, retirements are only accelerating. Go out to any job site. There's a lot of older folks on every single job site. Yeah. And once they retire, their knowledge is gone. Yeah. And then there aren't many young kids getting into the industry. But it's such a beautiful, beautiful industry. And it provides so many tangible benefits that a lot of other industries can't even touch. Yep. But, but they're just doing nothing to tell that story. Right. Instead, they're just playing victim. And, oh, it's millennials. Oh, it's colleges. Oh, you know, my people aren't loyal. Why train them? Because they're just going to leave for a dollar raise. It's like that's the, po- that's the problem right there. Yep. So that's, that's why storytelling is so important. It's, it's trying to actually address this this labor shortage and actually do something about it rather than just sit there and play victim.
1: So that kind of became your motivation then that the storytelling could really make a huge impact in workforce development and rather than all of us kind of sitting around the table saying... Where's the laborers? Where's the laborers? And you're saying, hey, let's show the laborers the future, what it looks like, and let's make it exciting and cool. And, and has that become kind of your core motivation as workforce development as into building Build Wit from just a social media storytelling platform into a full-blown marketing company? Is that your core motivation there then is the workforce development?
2: Yeah. Well, the core motivation our our mission our overarching mission has become making the dirt world a better place.
1: Awesome. And I love there's
2: that. there's there's a lot of problems that that have created the workforce development problem. I think the industry has largely created the problem ourselves. So and, and a lot of it comes back to storytelling. So storytelling helps from two different angles, right? The first angle is the obvious one, educating people about the industry because you can't expect a 16-year-old to say I want to go into the construction industry or I want to go into the mining industry when they don't even understand those opportunities exist. Okay. So they don't even understand the, the industries exist, let alone there's some beautiful career opportunities. right? So educating those, those younger folks or folks that maybe 30, 35, sitting in a job that they're just absolutely miserable at yeah. and saying, you know, hey, maybe you're not supposed to be in an office. Maybe sitting out behind a computer is not for you that's okay there's another option here wow. and it's a much more beautiful option for you it fits your personality better you can make a lot more money you can actually go build the world and 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 make a difference in the world so one it's that educational piece just sharing what this industry is actually what this industry actually looks like yep. so so trying to attack the negative perceptions yeah and then two though i've realized after visiting i mean hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of job sites in 30 plus u.s states right now the current workforce is very um uninspired so and and that's because people have been treated like numbers and pawns and and just a piece of of the construction process yeah they're not the construction process so they're just a line item on a bid that's labor and that's it and if you need more of them you go and hire more of them and if the economy goes down you just lay them off and you, you can go get them later so so we haven't treated people very well. Yeah. We haven't tr- invested in people. There's very little training. You know, If you want to become an operator, uh, I don't know the answer. I Just try to hop your way into an excavator <laughs> and just wiggle the sticks you know, after work and learn how it works, and maybe you'll get a shot. There's no, there's no defined training. There's no career paths. Yeah. Construction companies are spending very little investing in their people, trying to retain their people, trying to build great cultures. So the storytelling – um, it helps from that front too to, to inspire the current workforce. And what's you know our company's mission driven. The odd thing is we'll go to a, you know billion dollar companies and ask them why are you doing this other than making money and meeting production? Why are you doing this? And it's it's crazy because a lot of construction companies don't have that higher purpose beyond the safety, the integrity, the you know quality behind the the values that everyone shares, you know, every construction company has the same values. There's no core purpose and they haven't instilled that within the organization. Wow! But when you peel back the layers, it's a it's a beautiful purpose. It's a beautiful mission. You're making the world a better place. I mean, the rest of society couldn't function without our industry. Right. You couldn't turn the faucet on in the morning. Yeah. You couldn't drive to work. You couldn't get on a plane to go see your grandmother. You couldn't do any of that. So we are the industry that's helping every other industry, every other person live the life they want to live. And that's a beautiful mission. It's huge. So we're trying to, to take that mission and just throw it out there and say, hey, these construction companies, you guys need to and reinstill this pride in your current people. And then they're going to go be your spokespeople to go get more people for your company.
1: Absolutely. So it's, it's
2: a twofold approach.
1: That's awesome. So the storytelling, it just is so much bigger and deeper for you. It's educational on one side and it's inspiring on the other side. And it sounds like your goal is, is from the top down within companies that are already existing. It's not just for new startup companies. It's for these big companies to say, how can we educate and inspire and, and really turn people's heads towards this industry, which is just such an awesome purpose to have for Wit, and I'm so grateful that you're doing that and telling our story. So based on your travels and field interactions, and I think you just kind of touched on this, but I want to go a little bit deeper. Based on your travels and field interactions, what are the biggest challenges that you see construction companies facing right now?
2: Construction companies right now, the times are really good. Yeah. Everyone's making a ton of money and everyone's building a lot, and everyone's bidding a lot, and winning a lot, and buying new equipment. The industry's really good right now. So there's this people problem, and everyone knows it. They're saying, yeah, I just can't find enough people to go build everything. But then there's not a real incentive to change either, because everything's so good. If you're making so much money, if everything's so good, why, why go change the way you do business? Why go, train, you know, why go train people? It, it's worked, and it's worked for 40 years. Why would I go change? And I don't blame them. If I were in their position, I probably wouldn't change either. But thats I think that's the, the biggest issue right now for all these construction companies is, one, they can't find enough people. But two, they need to change. And a lot of them are not willing to change. They're not willing to sit there and say, okay, this has worked for 40 years plus, but the world has changed. We need to change with it. We're trying, to, we're trying to force these old ideals these old values that a lot of them don't apply anymore. So really looking themselves in the mirror, accepting that it's their responsibility to go solve their workforce problem themselves and then go make changes. Yeah. And, and, and another, you know, going off that everyone thinks like they say, Oh, I can't find experienced blade hands anyway. Yeah. No kidding. All the experienced blade hands are working because they're good. And if an experienced blade hand available, that's a red flag. They're probably not very good. <laughs> so if you want experienced blade hands, it's your responsibility to create them. To create it's them. not anyone else's anymore. And they're not being created anywhere else. So if you want those, those people, the experienced people, it's up to you to make that happen. And so, I just haven't seen that, that mentality um, in, in many companies in the industry yet. So you're because saying the times are so good.
1: Kind of our solution is to create the talent and to not get stuck. I mean, it, you're absolutely right. It is so good right now in construction that it could easily blind us as construction company owners. Oh, things are so good. Let's keep rolling. But you're absolutely right. We have to kind of have a vision for how do we create the experience and talent instead of just out there always hunting for it. I, I love that, that you're talking yeah, about that. Yeah, And, and, it's,
2: and you know, your, your older folks, once they leave, they're gone. Yeah. And that's that's the amazing thing. And also the downside about our industry, all, you know, the knowledge on how to build a road, for example, it's not recorded anywhere. You can't go watch a YouTube video on how to build a road. (laughs) You can't go read a book on how to build a road. I mean, there's some resources out there, but it's you go ask the guy that's been building roads for 30 years. How do you do it? And he's seen it done every single which way. And then he passes that in, in, you know, knowledge on to the to the next generation. But if he retires, that that knowledge is gone. It's and so, so there's true. no knowledge transfer there. So that's why you need to get ahead of it, because if you don't get ahead of it, these all these people retire. And, and then you're like, man, we need more people. It's too late.
1: Yep. It's, and, and that's what happens, too. And I love that you're coming from the storytelling aspect to create this. And I've been kind of talking to Trevor about I want to come from the sacrifice angle. It, it's a sacrifice to train these guys, to pause, to sacrifice production, to slow everyone down, to have our senior operator hop out and say, train Shane what you're doing, our 23-year-old operator, who just dug his first basement last week, which was like the most amazing, rewarding thing for us as business owners. It is a sacrifice. There's storytelling involved, but then there's also business owners have to hear that message of, it's going to be a sacrifice of production, but in the long run, it's going to pay off in the end. And have you seen it done well out there where you're seeing kind of what we're playing with right now because we don't know what it looks like we're young business owners as well so we're kind of starting to partner our senior operators with junior operators and we're giving them bonuses to start training what have you have you seen it done well out there and what does that look like
2: i've seen it done well and there's there's a lot of really cool programs out there that we've been able to, to see at a very intimate level The the unique thing about us is we're kind of a we're a neutral party in the industry that's great so Every company we partner with, we really get ingrained in their business and they'll tell us everything. And, and, and it's advantageous to them because we know, you know, what everyone else is doing and then we can help them, you know, hey, you're doing great over here. Hey, you need some help over here. But, I mean, obviously one of, one of the really good ones, and you've talked with Keaton Turner, uh, you know, Turner Mining Group has done a beautiful job, you know, bringing guys up from people up from just driving a truck to now managing entire projects. Uh, we have Morgan Corp. on the southeast. They have, you know, they bought simulators. They send a lot of their operators regularly out to Caterpillar, to Daha Hills and Peoria for training, advanced training on, you know, GPS blades, GPS dozers, proper dozer techniques, um, how to use excavator technology. You know, uh, we work with Carter Machinery. Carter Machinery, they're training. They're offering training for not only their own technicians, their Carter University program, but they're offering training for their customers' technicians wow. and their customers' operators. Wow. So they're going they're, – they're, they're just – they're not saying, you know, hey, we just sell machines and service machines. No, if, if you don't know how to take care of those machines, if you don't know how to properly run these machines to their fullest capabilities, then we're doing you a disservice. Wow. So, so they're taking full responsibility for even their customers' training. So a which, huge, is, which is really cool.
1: That is amazing. And I, I have not heard of that. And so I'll have to look into what they're doing because that sounds amazing. So you're saying really what I'm hearing from you in these last few conversations and questions is taking responsibility for what's yes. happening in the industry is all of us kind of looking at ourselves and saying, what can we each do to make the change rather than sitting around the table saying, this needs to change. <laughs>
2: exactly awesome so
1: I love what you've said now let's kind of make a transition specifically to marketing we've talked about workforce development we've talked about kind of what we're missing in that space but getting a little more niche into marketing the construction industry does tend to lag behind in many ways and one of those is marketing what are the biggest mistakes that you see companies make when it comes to their marketing and their online presence and I can't wait to hear this answer from you (laughs)
2: Yeah, yeah, this is the uh, the world I live in. (laughs) Well, one the biggest mistake is not spending any money on marketing. Um, You'll have a half-billion-dollar company with one person in the office dedicated to marketing, but they're so overrun with just putting out proposals that they don't actually do any marketing. So their marketing spend is, I don't know, $100,000 a year for a half-billion-dollar company, Wow! when everyone else, every other industry is you know, five to 10% of total revenue marketing spend. So just, I mean, fractions of percentages and marketing is really non-existent. So that's mistake number one. Mistake number two I see is they put someone in charge of marketing their company and marketing this industry that has no understanding of the industry. Yeah. And the principle, and I have no formal marketing background. I don't understand marketing principles. I have no kind of marketing education, nothing. Wow. I'm just worried about telling authentic stories in this industry. Yep. That's marketing. That's true marketing. There's right. no tricks. There, we don't have any you know, things that anyone else doesn't know. We don't have any secret formula or I don't know what an algorithm is. I don't know any of that. I just tell good stories consistently every single day. Yep. And I see a lot of companies, they, they, they just clearly are demonstrating that we have put someone in charge. We, we don't value marketing at all. And so we put someone in charge that has never been in the field, has no understanding of it. And then their, their social presence is demonstrating that, yeah, we, we don't really know what we're doing.
1: Okay. So it does
2: the whole company a disservice.
1: Yeah, because, absolutely.
2: Because the people looking at their social is like, no, that, that's completely incorrect. This is ridiculous.
1: Yeah.
2: And, and then I see a lot of polished stuff, you know, brand new vests, brand <sighs> new hard hats. I just made a post about this the other day. It <laughs> drives me nuts.
1: Me too. Because
2: that's not... That's not the industry, yeah. and that's doing everyone a disservice. That's screwing everybody in this industry. Yeah. That's giving everyone the wrong idea. But these companies are too afraid to say, hey, it's really hard, and it's not for everybody. Yeah. They think that making it polished and making it, oh, you know, you know, this is a beautiful world available for everybody, and there's fairies and rainbows everywhere in the construction <laughs> industry. That's not the right approach. That's not the industry. Right. This industry is, is not for everybody, but that's why it's so great. Right. Because who it is for, it's, it's an awesome fit. It's, you know, and working hard every day is a beautiful thing. And you have tangible pride in your work. And you're making a tangible difference in the world. Yeah. So it's, it's, they avoid that message altogether and just try to polish. So
1: you're saying and kind of get think, the dirty, get the dirt and the grit of what we do in the messaging because it's going to reach and target the right people.
2: Exactly. Awesome. Yeah, that, that's, that's the magic of this industry. It's the whole rest of the country. Everyone's in an office. Yeah. Everyone's polished. Everyone's wearing a clean-pressed shirt. And then you have our industry. There are people, we've been in tunnels and in coal mines and, you know, fixing sewer mains and all kinds of hardcore work. But then you see these people, they're laughing all day. They're smiling all day. They're the most proud people you ever meet because they're really proud of what they do. They know what they're doing is not something everyone else is willing to do. And that's the basis of pride. When you do something most everyone else isn't willing or can do, you're really proud of yourself because you're like, yeah, I'm doing this. I'm out here and everyone else isn't. So I think marketing that real story is, is the best form of workforce development that we can, we can pursue.
1: Okay. So you're, were there any more you had? So you're saying marketing budgets, you know, one of the mistakes that we make as construction companies is our marketing budget. So we need to make improvement there. The second one is is not being authentic about the true grit and hard work, you know, that comes with, um, what else do you got?
2: Oh, I'd say lastly is I've seen enough posts on social media or enough nonsense marketing that, you know, it's a bulldozer picture that says, happy Monday. What is that doing (laughs) for anybody? And, and, that's doing nothing, that's wasting people's time, and most importantly, that's passing up on a great opportunity to educate people about this industry, yeah. right? So instead of saying happy Monday on a, on a bulldozer picture, what's the bulldozer doing? Maybe they're making a cut. What is a cut? How does a cut work? What do you have to think about when you're cutting with a bulldozer? Maybe they're finish grading. What are they finish grading? Oh, house pads. How do you finish grade a house pad? What's compaction? There's so many great stories. Who's running the bulldozer? How long have you had that bulldozer? You know, why did you buy this bulldozer over that bulldozer? Wow. You know, there's there's so many beautiful stories there to tell. Yeah, It's just taking advantage of them and getting them out there in the world instead of wasting people's time with, with nonsense.
1: Right. And that kind of leads into my next question of what are the things we can do as construction companies, small, medium, large, and even also as brands? you know, the construction brands out there, what can we do for the mistakes that we are making by not spending enough, not talking about the grit? Um, And you just addressed one big one is get deeper with the story, but what else can we do to start making improvements on these mistakes that you're seeing made?
2: It's, it's really easy. I mean, my focus is on social media, right? Social media is one of the most beautiful ways to communicate ever. There's a lot of downsides to it, obviously, But if you use it right, if you shift your mentality, your mindset to, hey, this is just a waste of time to, wow, this is a real legitimate business tool if I use it as such. And the best part about it is it's free. I can go really get the word out about my company. So it's just about these companies being willing to put themselves out there. We work with companies. That are not nervous for me to be on their job sites with a camera. Yep. Right? They're not, they don't ask to approve everything with a fine tooth comb. They don't ask to go see the messaging. They don't ask about that stuff because they already know they're doing the right thing. And so they're not afraid to put themselves out there. So, number one, it's just these companies need to do the right thing. Yeah. I, tell, I tell them, I, can't, I, can't, I don't do anything with my storytelling. I'm just telling stories that exist. Yeah. I'm not making anything up. Right. And you know I don't do e- heavy edit. I, Every Whatever is on your job site is what I'm going to capture. And I had a company that got angry at us a year ago, a, one of the biggest companies in this entire, in this entire industry. And I, I photographed a bunch of their operations, gave them the photographs, and they came back and they were upset at me because it was just a bunch of photographs of old people. And I told them, well, hold on. I'm not a magician here. If everyone <laughs> on your sites are old, you're going to get pictures of old people. <laughs> and, I mean, what am, what am I going to do? Right. And this, this should scare you, because this is a genuine audit of your workforce right here. Mm-hmm. So, so, one, they can just focus on, on making their companies great, and, and focus on making their company story great. Focus on their culture, focus on their safety culture, not do it just to lower insurance premiums, but really genuinely care about their people, to trust their people. A lot of construction companies don't simply just trust their people to make decisions. Allow them to make decisions. Allow them to tell their tell the story. You know, there's so many social media policies out there. Oh, don't ever post on social media to be fired. Why? What are you afraid of? What are you afraid of? I mean, if you if you had a beautiful safety program, if you had a great training program, if you had great job site management, if you had a great culture, you would not at all be afraid of sharing your story.
1: Absolutely.
2: So so number number one is making that story great. And two, just getting it out there. And social media is a great place to start because it's free. It doesn't cost you anything. You don't need me to do it. You don't need anyone to do it. Don't hire your local agency. Go do it yourself because it's that easy.
1: It's that easy. And now tell me this because I I know this really will resonate with a lot of our listeners who own their own businesses. Social media can be a scary place for many contractors. And, again, that probably goes back to that old school mentality you've been talking about. What should they share on social media? I know some of your most successful posts have been about your biggest failures Running out of cash, you know things that are really like you said, the good and the bad of what's happening live. So, can you go a little deeper for these contractors who might be scared of social media, and give them a good list yeah. of what should they post? They're getting started.
2: You know, the the real simple stuff is what's going on. Just just document. What are you doing today? What are your what, what what's going on in your job sites? Oh, you got a new piece of equipment. Oh, you started a new job. Oh, there's something exciting going on over here and okay grading a road you see it every day but everyone else doesn't see it they don't understand how roads are built right so just sharing you know this is what aggregate base is just really basic stuff you don't have to think about this elaborate story it's just what's going on right in front of you
1: that's awesome and
2: and, and it's, it's 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 as easy as that and i look at it you know and there are a lot of other people talk about it. this is not me at all but either educate, inspire, or entertain, right? So you can educate by, you know, this is why we're using this piece of equipment. This is why we're doing it this way. Or this is what's happening right now. You can inspire, hey, this person started out at the very bottom, and now, he, and now they're there. And, and now they're leading the company. Or, or inspire by, you know, what we're doing is really important, and this is why. You know, showing the value of your work. Yeah. You know, hey, we're installing a new water line in this neighborhood. This whole neighborhood depends on us to shower, to wash their dishes, to flush the toilet every single day. And then lastly, have fun with it. I have fun with it all the time because this is a fun industry. That's one of my favorite things about this industry is it's not politically correct. People joke around. People have legitimate fun while they're at work. It's, it's just it's fun. It, and people don't take themselves too seriously. Right. So poke fun at yourself sometimes. And that goes into you know, vulnerability too. And when you admit your mistakes, they don't have power they don't have power over you anymore. And then you can show people that, yeah, we're human. You know, we we screwed up, but this is how we're making it better. And you you referenced my most popular post, not on Instagram but on LinkedIn, with you know, a half million views and hundreds and hundreds of messages from other business owners saying they'd been there too was we ran out of money. We ran out we had a cash flow problem. So we were owed a ton of money. But we hadn't collected on it. So my credit card was shut off without me knowing. And I found out at the airport when I was trying to get a rental car. <sighs> and, and it was, it was terrifying. I, we, I ran the company out of money accidentally. And I didn't want to put that on the, on the internet, obviously. I didn't want to say, yeah, I ran my company out of money. That's not a fun thing to talk about. But it was real. And people saw that as, wow, you know – you're actually doing the right things. You know, we've been there, too. Yes. That means you're growing. Yes. And, and they were saying it's a good thing that that, that happened. It is. And now I, I, now I see it. I said, <laughs> yep, I learned from my mistakes. It's not going to happen again. And, and it only it only was extremely beneficial to my company.
1: That's awesome. So you're really saying educate, inspire, entertain. And, and really that fourth component is be vulnerable with with moments that can matter to the audience out there.
2: Yes. That's and where do I start? Just just document what's going on today. Yep. That's there's uh, probably 100 beautiful stories right in front of you every single day.
1: Keep it simple. So, a little bit more about workforce development. It's no secret the construction industry does have a people problem, which we've talked about. But what can companies do to better attract young people to the industry? Is kind of the social media and storytelling you're talking about the the best angle for that?
2: Yes. I mean, well, it starts it starts at the fundamental level, right? You can't go put your crappy company out on social media and expect to attract <laughs> a ton of people, right? If if your company is a bad place to work, people are going to see right through that. So your company, one, needs to be a great place to work. And, and it needs to have career paths. So, you know, you start here, you end up here. It needs to have people that like where they work. It needs to be safe. It needs to have cool equipment. So it needs to be a great company. Right. Because... I tell these construction companies and these executives, they think they're competing amongst themselves, but they're not. They're competing with – I was just in Silicon Valley yesterday, two blocks from Apple. They're competing with Apple. They're competing with Amazon saying, hey, we need to hire another million people, and we don't even need – we don't just want to hire people. We're going to pay you to quit your job to work for us sometimes tens of thousands of dollars to quit your job. So that's what you're competing with. Wow. And you need to understand that that's what you're competing with. So you just one need to be a great company and that doesn't mean all, you know, again, fairy tales and rainbows, but it needs to be a company that people like to work at. And two, you know, to attract people, get the story out there. Yeah. And do do it from on, on, on at the corporate level, so tell your story, but also empower your people to tell the stories that they have in front of them empower them get rid of your social media policy that says you're going to be fired if you post a picture on our site and encourage them to hey we trust you to do the right thing we yep. know what you should and shouldn't post we trust you to make those decisions that's awesome. you're an adult we're all adults here yeah and then their words are going to speak way way louder than the words from the corporate could ever speak that's, so
1: that's awesome it, it,
2: it, it allow your people to tell your story for you, I think is, is the biggest thing okay. once you have a great story to tell.
1: Once you have. So really work on it being a great place to work. And, and sometimes that can be intimidating for medium to large size companies of we, they need to make a lot of shift. And I've noticed just one little shift we made since kind of watching you and and Turner Mining Group and seeing what you guys are doing is in our interview process. We ask them, what is your dream? Like, where do you want to be in five years in this company? And Shane, who we talked about earlier, said, I want to be an excavator operator. You know, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's, that's what I want to do. Yeah. And just his eyes and, and seeing them perk up that someone cares. Someone's asking them, "What's your, what career path do you want? You know, and then how can we support you getting there? So I love that you touched on the career path. I think that's a big hole that I'm seeing out there. And we're retaining a lot of great talent right now because companies aren't caring about that. So I'm very, very glad that you addressed that. So you worked at several construction companies throughout college and have said to yourself that many don't treat their people well. How can we start to move the needle on an industry that is being rough around the edges? And Aaron, we literally just hired two guys who said they quit their other jobs. They had been there for a long time. So naturally we get concerned like, okay, why are you leaving? And they said, can I be honest? My boss yells at me all the time or my, my boss treats me like crap, and it's like, what? You know, he's been in the industry for 50 years, and I couldn't believe that still exists. So you probably have better awareness than I do because you're out in the field so much. How do we start to move the needle on being known for being rough around the edges like that?
2: Everyone says, oh, you know, now we have to go soft, and you don't have to go soft, <laughs> but, but, but you, just, you just have to treat people better, right? Like I said, historically... People are a line item in this industry under the labor cost code. That's it. And, and I've, I've seen that in a lot of different places. I don't see it very much today because we work with such beautiful companies, but you need to go beyond that. And, you know, like working people seven days a week, every single week, that's, you need to think about, okay, is this the best for this crew? Is this sustainable? Do we need to put more people out there? You know, Oh, wow. They want all the overtime they can get. So they, they're happy with 40 hours, but then they're also going and getting a divorce or their kids never see them. It's asking questions like that. You know, is there a better way to do this? And like a safety perspective, you know, genuinely caring about people beyond, you know, where your safety glasses invest. Like what I saw in the construction industry is maybe a, some guy, his wife asked for a divorce last week. Is that, that's not a safety concern. You don't think his mind is... Back at home, when he's running uh, an enormous piece of equipment around people, that's not a safety concern. Or the guy that just drank 12 beers last night, every single night, because he needs to numb his mind for anxiety and depression. Why haven't we talked about this stuff?
1: Wow. So you're connecting that to safety. That's a a great, great way for us as business owners to think about it is caring about your people is continuing the care through your safety program. I've never thought of it that way that's awesome
2: exactly it's just it's just about caring about people and like traditional traditional business traditional construction the way i've been explaining it is okay we have a pie right and i want as much pie as possible so whoever all the other stakeholders involved in getting that pie so my vendors my the you know clients my my employees i essentially need to screw them out of their slice of the pie to get more of my pie right but why can't we just go make another pie or make a bigger pie. So if I go treat people better, instead of beating on them for not meeting their production numbers, and oftentimes they don't even know what production numbers they need to hit because they don't, they're not shared with them by management, treating them right so that they're more motivated, so that they're far more productive, so that you make more money. You don't have to make less money by treating your people well. That's, that's, the, so that's the best part about it you treat your people well, you make more money as a business owner. Right. And if, if that's what, that's what it's really about, then yeah, you can make more money. So, or, or just trust your people, you know, with that information, like production, like I said, a lot of crews, like pipe crews, for example, they don't know what they're supposed to be hitting every day. The guy in the ditch doesn't know how much money they're making or how much it was bid for. Why don't why not give them that information? What's it going to do bad? Why not trust them with that information? Yeah. So that they have a scoreboard. So there's it's just simple stuff like that. Really simple stuff that that goes a long way.
1: Well, I love that at each, you know, each pivot here in this conversation that you've you've really simplified from industry outlook to workforce development to marketing. You're saying just keep it simple and and that makes it so attainable for this audience to really have some takeaways. So thank you so much for that. Let's pivot a little and talk about ConExpo ConAg, because from what I understand, you started your business shortly after your first trip to ConExpo ConAg. Tell us about that experience and how it helped your business.
2: So that, that was a fun one. <laughs> uh, I, I, I started, I think I went to ConExpo before I'd started BuildWit. So I drove up there and I was a college kid. I didn't want to spend any money or anything doing this. So I lived in Phoenix. I drove up early, early morning, forgot about the time change. So I got there an hour and a half before the show opened and I was wearing a cat shirt and I had a camera and the doors were open. So I just walked in <laughs> <Awesome>. <laughs> and I don't know if Expo wants me talking about this or not. I've, I've put it out there on the Internet, though. I'm not saying just walk into places. Yeah, we're not recommending
1: but... it anymore, but we absolutely love no, that it's a part of your no, story.
2: No, no. Yeah. <laughs> I, I didn't know any better. I was just it's a 22-year-old awesome. kid. I wanted to see the equipment. The doors were open. Great. I'll hey, just walk in.
1: Great so opportunity. So I walked
2: in. I got to enjoy the show for an hour, hour and a half before people were there. And all, they were all meeting. I was at the cat booth, and I had a cat shirt on, so no one asked me any questions. <laughs> <laughs> so I got to see the whole show, and it was just awesome. It's it's so overwhelming there's so many pieces of equipment and yes i went and bought a pass i didn't do it for free you know i'm not that cheap i bought my student pass so I, I properly paid after that yeah but i got to see the whole show and then i drove home that same day i took a few pictures you know met a few people drove home so i did it all in one day wow uh, so so this and then and then i used some of those pictures to get my buildwit instagram presence off the ground which oh, is pretty really? cool
1: oh really really so you went there i mean it is it sounds amazing where all everything in one convention center that builds our world everything is right there Yes. so you took advantage yes. of the opportunity and you use those pictures to actually launch build wit which is amazing
2: yeah yeah it, it's pretty wild and then it's come full circle and now we're working with con expo a little bit
1: <laughs> I was gonna say it came full circle because now Con expo Conag is using your photos for their marketing and advertising how cool is that
2: yes yeah it <laughs> it, it, it is pretty cool and, and honestly we don't I don't license images very often. I mean, very rarely. There's, I can maybe count the instances on my hand where I've licensed images. Yep. And Con Expo is one of them just because it's such an important event and, and such an exciting group of folks to work with. Yeah. So when they came to me saying, hey, we want to use your images for advertising, I was like, well, absolutely. Let's make this happen. And it's it's so cool to see my images it's awesome. you know, all over the Con Expo advertising.
1: It's so awesome. And, and just to know like the amount of pride that I know a lot of us have in seeing that you're changing the game and marketing and visuals in our industry. And then the biggest kind of expo in the world has your image. It's like, yes, this is awesome. Yeah,
0: <laughs> so it's, now it's wild.
1: going to the show as a business owner, you, you've really built such an awesome thing with BuildWit for our industry. What are you most looking forward to for the 2020 show?
2: You know, obviously, and everyone talks about the equipment, the equipment's really cool. Um, you, you get to see all kinds of really fancy iron and this and that. But the iron isn't really what excites me at ConExpo. What excites me, because I like things in the dirt, but what, what excites me is the people. Yeah, All the people there. So the people that come there. So you're getting the, the biggest, the, the best exposure to the entire national, international contractor community that you can find anywhere. And then you're also interacting directly with the people who are making these machines. Yeah. So all the manufacturers have their engineers and marketing folks there and they know everything about these machines and they're so proud about these machines and they're there. They just talk to you about it and they don't care if you're going to buy one or not. They're not salespeople. They just want to educate you about what they, what they've been working on for oftentimes years on single machines. Yeah. So it's, it's cool if you're a business owner, go to find, you know, pieces of equipment that'll make your business better if you're not if you're just a kid or if you're someone that just has a fascination with heavy equipment go because you'll get access to heavy equipment that you've probably never had before if you're not in this industry and you'll have access to information that you will not find anywhere else
1: absolutely so it,
2: it, it's just an invaluable experience
1: well i think that for operators i know i've had quite a few operators reaching out to us through social media like my company's not going and i said well then you go you know, get yourself exactly. there, educate yourself. You'll, you'll bring back so much value to your company that will turn their heads and probably say, wait a minute, who is this guy <laughs> or gal?
2: Yeah, and, and, and that's, that's the thing. Not everything's handed to you in life. So if you want to go to ConExpo, uh, hopefully your company will send you. So ask. The worst they can do is say no. And if, if not, if they're not sending you, go buy a plane ticket. Go buy a pass to Con Expo. It's not very much money. You can do it really cheap. I did it very, very cheap when I was a kid, and you'll, you'll be more, it'll just be an awesome experience for you, and then you'll be able to go take all that information back to your company, be extremely valuable for your company, move up, you know, you just have to make these opportunities for yourself, so just because you don't have the opportunity to go to this for free doesn't mean you should not go, I, I encourage anyone in this industry or anyone with even a remote interest in this industry to go.
1: And I keep saying, if you're in construction, this is our family reunion. the the whole show.
2: Yeah. Is
1: our family reunion. Yeah. So you don't miss the family reunion. It's only every three years, so you better get yourself there.
2: <laughs> exactly. Yeah. It's, it's yeah. That's the thing. It's once every three years. So this doesn't. This isn't just an every year thing. It's. It, and a lot has changed for me in three years. And three years ago. When I was at the show before, I was still in college. And you know, here I am with a business, and people people know me now for for what I do in this industry. Yes, it, it's it's a it's a lot can happen in three years.
1: Well, you're an ex- you're one of the people that I'm very excited to see at the show, and I'm also you're going to be a part of this influencer panel discussion and meet and greet event that we're ha- that is happening on Wednesday of the show, and we're really excited to have you be a part of that. So, thank you so much awesome. for this interview, Aaron. This gave Company owners, operators, so much valuable tools to take away and adopt into their company. So thank you for just changing the game in our industry, but also showing us how with this interview today, we really
2: appreciate it. Absolutely. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. And there's there's no secrets to any of this. It's just telling a great story. That's it.
1: Keep it simple. So we have a quick rapid fire round, some fun questions I got to ask you before I let you go. And they're really, really big ones. (laughs) What was your first job?
2: My first job? job was at an aquarium store taking care of fish awesome it wasn't plants. And that's huh? a whole other passion of mine <laughs> <laughs> what was your first car uh toyota camry i still have it it's in a warehouse somewhere i don't drive it very much that's but awesome. it's paid off and still got it
1: still going if you weren't doing this what would you be doing
2: probably either working for a construction company or trying to start my own that's Fine, awesome. trying to finance a mini excavator and buy a pickup truck and have at it
1: <laughs> just go for it now what song uh, gets you pumped up in the morning as a dirt nerd as a dirt nerd specialist what song do you got
2: you know to to be on brand with the construction industry and have the site know acdc or something like that but uh i like you know kygo really gets me going anything by kygo it's love a little off brand but but i love it
1: i love it too who is the one person you wish you could have dinner with
2: there's a lot of really powerful people that I've researched a lot. I I would right now, I'd love to go talk with like Theodore Roosevelt or um, Churchill, you know, someone that's that's really been a phenomenal leader because I'm trying to become a better leader in my life too.
1: That's awesome. And what is your favorite piece of equipment and why? I'm guessing skid steer.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. yeah. Everyone would think it's skid steers. Don't get me wrong. I love skid steers. They're a blast. And as as you, I'm sure, are aware. Yes. I know you have some. A couple. But, uh, I like excavators. Excavators are my thing. It's just uh, I've been in everything. I, I can kind of make everything move. I wouldn't say I can operate everything, not even close. But excavators are what's really stuck with me. I was just running one the other day with actually Turner Mining Group on one of their sites. They let me in the 374 to load some trucks it's awesome but there's just a the feeling of spinning around and it, it's it's just awesome there's it's, it's my happy better. place and the cool cool thing about running heavy equipment you can only focus on what's right in front of you so my phone doesn't matter anymore my business doesn't matter anymore nothing matters it's just what's right in front of me and it's it's just complete therapy
1: that's awesome so you really like the excavator now, last but not least, we've been asking all of our contractors in these conversations their favorite gas station food, but we're all aware from following you on Instagram that you're a very healthy. I call you a rabbit eater. What is your favorite Whole Foods find? I will adjust the question for you and only you.
2: <laughs> well, I, I, I have an answer for gas station. If, oh. I, if gas station is all I have, and that's sometimes like West Texas or North Dakota, some, just when we're in the middle of nowhere, I go with beef jerky almonds and like a muscle milk and and so those those are pretty healthy okay. and maybe a banana okay that's just about any all i can eat inside of a gas station okay but whole foods is the real gem when i'm Here on the we road go. what and, do you got and they have the salad bar oh. if you haven't been to the whole food salad bar <laughs> you need to go it's a gem. because it's amazing i force our team to go there when we're traveling, they don't really have a choice yep. <laughs> on the matter every single day. Whole it. foods, whole foods, whole foods. But it's I, I try to eat well because I'm traveling full time. Yeah. And so if I'm not healthy, I can't do my job as well as I should be able to do it. So that's why it's so important to me.
1: Well, I hope that can be your next source of inspiration for all of us is, is our um, gas station diets. I mean, you've made such an impact in every other area. Why not start eating <laughs> <Yeah>. salads? <laughs>
2: Maybe that'll be a section of our new website.
1: I love it. Well, thank you so much again, Aaron. We really appreciate your time, and we cannot wait to see you at the show.
2: Absolutely. I'm excited to see everyone, and thank you so much for having me, Missy. Of course. Talk soon.
0: And that's going to wrap up this edition of ConExpo ConAg Radio. If you like the show and think other people should listen, too, make sure to subscribe and maybe leave a review on iTunes. We'll be back next time with another great guest. Until that time, be sure to visit conexpoconag.com slash subscribe to sign up for our weekly e-newsletter. More than 30,000 other construction industry pros are already receiving news and insights to move their business forward.